This is the final word, Australia West Indies Daily, day one from the Gabba, the Jabba, uh, the Woolon Jabber in Brisbane. Jeff Lemon and Barrett Sanderason, the show brought to you by cbussuper.com.au if you want to find them on the internet. And the way that we kick off this show each and every time is that you, Barrett, or somebody, or I tell you, or you tell me, but today you're going to tell me about an entire day of test cricket in the space of 30 seconds. Craig Brathwaite wins the toss, gets out very cheaply. Mitchell Stark rips through West Indies' top and middle order. They're 5 for 64 in all sorts of trouble at the lunch break. You think it's all over for them. Then, Kavim Hodge and Joshua Dussilla put on the highest partnership ever against Australia in a pink ball test. 149. Give them hope. Alzari Joseph comes in there, throws his batter on against the new ball. 8 for 266. West Indies' day rally around the West Indies. (laughs) <laughs> West Indies Day, yeah, sort of, sort of, kind of. Um, I could see this going one of two ways. I mean, they could easily be all out tomorrow for 280, um, or even if they got to 300, you'd think that 300 would probably not be enough given that, you know, it was it was relatively easy to bat during the middle session with the older ball. But, but you never know. If you're 300 hmm. in front, you give yourself an opportunity. And... My goodness, it just it just looked like it was going to be another procession. It was another procession, a top order procession, like it was in Adelaide, um, which was you know, you know Hazelwood comes on and bowls and gets a wicket before too long. Um, Cummins picks one up. There's Stark picks up three in a row, and and they were all sort of flirts outside the off stump. I mean, a couple of the shots were more culpable than others, I guess. Mackenzie's yeah. shot was was poor, and and Chanderpaul, I mean, Chanderpaul walks so far across his stumps um, that. He plays at balls he absolutely doesn't need to, a la Steve Smith. Um, but he looked pretty good up until that point, Chanderpaul. hit a couple of boundaries and he thought, well, okay, maybe he's got his rhythm going, but he's out for 21. Mackenzie's out for 21. Brathwaite's already been caught in the cordon for four. I, I thought Brathwaite was the least culpable. He just mm. got a good ball that, that angled in and moved away and you've got to play the line. And and that's what he did. Um, and then Athanase caught behind off Stark and, and then Justin Greaves just before the break caught at slip by Kawaja. So it was just feeding the cordon. It was Smith, Carey and Kawaja first slip, second slip and, and the keeper taking the five catches. Um, five down, 64 on the board as they go into the break. Um, Graves falls in the last over before mm. the break and you're like, well, this is following a very predictable script. They'll, they'll be all out 110 um, and it'll be another, maybe it's over in two days, maybe it's over in two and a half kind of affairs. And then that's been that's been changed. That feels different now. And uh, it told you two things: a that the pitch is very docile, uh, especially after that pink ball uh, loses its hardness, which uh, doesn't take more than twelve thirteen overs. Uh, and also that uh, in Kavim Hodge and Joshua De Silva, you have two guys who finally said, "You know what? We will." spends time out in the middle we'll soak in the pressure not succumb mm. to uh, what uh, succumb the way our top order did uh, and it was poor batting from the West Indian top and middle order and some good bowling from the Australians uh, that really led to the 5 for 64 
more than the pitch really doing much or the pink ball uh, really playing too many mm. tricks. Uh, and like Mitchell Stark, like he does, uh, I kept calling him the werewolf of cricket. Every time it's night <laughs> cricket, he does turn in turn deadlier and deadlier, even before <laughs> before it turns dark, even before the sun sets. Uh, and and yeah. he, he bowled one of those spells just before lunch. Um, and, and again, full credit to the West Indies. Uh, the, yes, they were easy. The easiest batting conditions that uh, they have faced on tour, maybe after the Karen Rolton Oval. A- mm. And the two guys who stood up them, then for them uh, were Kavim Hodge, 50 and 99 in uh, across the two innings, and Joshua De Silva opening the batting in, at the Karen Rolton made 100. So two guys who had spent time out there in the middle, and I thought they batted really mm. well. Uh, and, and just the fact that they were able to drive the likes of Cummins and Hazelwood and even Stark on the up told you a lot about this surface uh, and why I think the Australian batters will also have a lot of fun mm-hmm. batting on it. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks like something, a surface that rewards patience as well. It wasn't, you weren't smacking the ball all over mm. the place, at least not not until Elzara Joseph came in at the end of the day. But I'll tell you what I enjoyed most about the, the Hodge to Silver partnership was uh, craftsmanship. It, it was the fact that those two displayed a lot of patience, aside from De Silva still playing the pull shot too much, which every time he plays the pull shot, it makes me nervous. Um, but he was, uh, I guess the bounce was a little bit easier to read. Um, it, it didn't have that same kind of lift that Adelaide occasionally had. He was able to play it down, get on top of the ball and, and play it down. But for the most part, um, they didn't play a lot outside the off stump. There were there were a couple of occasions. There was one for each of them where there, mm. there was a ball from, from Stark, I think that De Silva followed, and there was one from, might have been from, Cummins, well, no, from Green that um, that Hodge yes, followed, yeah. and both of them roundly chastised themselves yes. after playing at a ball outside the off stump. You know, with with the Hodge one, literally before the ball was in the keeper's gloves, he'd thrown his head <laughs> yes, back and he was yeah. shouting at himself, saying, "Don't play at that line, don't play." <laughs> Um, and, and that's what they did. They approached it with discipline. Um, they were out there for a long period of time. Um, they batted through the best part of two sessions. You know, They came together just after the break because the, the wicket had fallen in the last over before the break. Um, so they, they come together with, with Hodges on three um, and, and the score's going nowhere. They took their time, but they didn't just Imam al it either. They yeah. didn't just block things out. Um, they, and, and De Silva particularly grew into the strike rotation part of his game as the innings went on. So there were periods when Hodge got stuck. He, he sat on 50 for quite a long time. Um, he sat on another score about, about 10 runs up from that for quite a long time. But De Silva kept finding a single relatively early in overs. Um, if he got back on strike, he'd find another one. He was able to, to, to find those gaps. Didn't really play a lot of attacking shots and didn't have to. When he did, he, he played some really mm-hmm. nice ones. Um, and, and then that allowed Hodge to at least feel that the scoreboard was moving and then he was able to play some aggressive shots here and there. But, but they chose the right balls to attack. They waited for full balls and they drove those through the covers. Um, and, and there was just there was the patience and application to actually bat in the way that you need to in test cricket they had the tempo of test cricket down um to silver 79 hodge 71 and and the only downside for them being that that they were both dismissed late in the day and um, when they would have been you know they were so close to mm. making it through to stumps and being able to start again the the next afternoon and both got out uh, in in a fashion where again they chastised themselves a, a lot and understandably Joshua De Silva had played Nathan Lyon so beautifully just tucking him around the corner and, and just using the angle and the turn well there wasn't a lot of turn on offer to start with uh, but then he literally just missed a straight one and Nathan Lyon has done mm-hmm. that so often from around the wicket and I was surprised Nathan Lyon didn't go around the wicket much sooner he kept bowling all the wicket for long periods. I think it was a second. He swapped back and forth a lot, though. He yeah. wasn't, no, Lyon wasn't comfortable with his line today. He yeah. kept 
moving it. He, there were there were overs that he started where he wasn't even sure at the start of the over which one he wanted yeah, to do. Yeah, I know absolutely right, and, and I think uh, that's uh, it showed in his figures as well. With Nathan Lyon, you always can look. Uh, there are some spinners, some bowlers where mm. you can look at their bowling figures, and even if you haven't seen them bowl, kind of get an idea of how they've gone. The fact that he didn't bowl too many maidens or any maidens at all is a sign of that. Uh, he looked a little unsettled. I think even someone like Kirk McKenzie taking him on early, hitting him for a six, kind of put him off. Uh, and, and he didn't get any purchase at all with that pink ball on this pretty placid pitch. Uh, but mm. then for Joshua De Silva to just miss that ball, what, two overs before they took the second new ball, I think hurt him. Yep. Uh, and, and then Hodge just gets a uh, delivery that kind of hangs his bat and he gets out. And then uh, I, I think, uh, you know, it's... It's 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 a like you said they just got the tempo right for for Test cricket mm. and the the fact that so many of their other batters have struggled to do that across what three innings now kind of tells you where the dis, uh, where the difference lies between these two teams right there are a bunch of batters who not only not play Test cricket really don't understand yeah. the the rhythm of Test cricket and uh, I was mm. and I was watching their training session as I do uh, Jeff a couple of days back and you could see it this is so there's no real uh, a, a rhyme or reason to a lot of things that they do. They just seem to go mm -hmm. through the motions. And even if you look yeah. at their support staff, at their coaching staff, they have Jimmy Adams, but nobody else who's really played test cricket as a batter anyway. Yes, they mm -hmm. have Sean Teru played a handful of tests. So there is nobody for to guide them in terms mm -hmm. of playing test cricket. I, I mean, Justin Graves was like you know doubling up as batting coach for some of the others because he's been playing first class cricket for so long so uh, as right. impressive as De Silva and Hodge were they hopefully uh, might have kind of uh, put on a live example a live show for some of the yep. other batters in the dressing room to how to go about test batting yeah I'd, I'd, I'd take a different view on the dismissals in that I mean the way that this is the way that Lyons got so many wickets for so many years is that yeah. he off spinner comes around the wicket drifts the ball in makes it pitch in line with the stumps and straighten and yeah you can be good at tucking it off the pads and you can harvest runs you can be Eunice Khan and maybe you can mm. make 250 against bowling like that but most players eventually will miss one and when yeah. you miss one you're out that's that's True. the lion jeopardy that's what he brings because he's so consistent with that's with that mode of attack and, and so there was always that risk involved and, and to silver ends up making 79 and hodge i mean i thought the stark ball to hodge was pretty much unplayable yeah. um, and, and stark bowled he, he bowled a weird kind of um spell with 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 that mm. new ball as well like he, he was spraying it all over the place at times it was down leg it was wildly across the across the off stump there was one that pitched halfway to, to towards <laughs> yeah. alex carey like it was the huge full toss um but the one that he gets right the one that he gets right to hodge swings into him into the right-hander, then pitches and moves away. And, I mean, what are you supposed to Can't do? do he's, he's got to protect his pads. He's, he's playing – he has to come across the line of the ball a bit to try to counter the swing, and then it moves away and takes the outside edge, almost a leading edge because the bat, the bat face is closed. Um, and Smith grabs another catch. He's – what, he took three catches three today catches in there, today, did he? Yep. So he yep. Yeah, so he's within three three more catches away from Mark Waugh's – um, Australian, uh, well, it's not the, not the all-time mm. highest, but the second uh, for Australians, but that sort of magical Mark Wall yeah. slip-catching number. Anyway, um, magnificent uh, performance from the two of them. 149 that they put on, the biggest West Indies partnership in Australia since uh, Bravo and Dinesh Ramden put on uh, 30 more than that in 2005. Um, and then before that, the, the sort of next comparable one was Lara and Robert Samuels in 1997. So mm. they've only been, you know, two partnerships in the last 25 
plus 27 now years that have been approaching that sort of magnitude, which gives you a sense of what they did today. And then Kevin Sinclair, who I'm sure you'll speak about in a minute, came in and looked pretty bright and was taking them on a bit um, for his 16 and then kind of didn't need to anymore because Elzari Joseph just came in and teed off uh, 32 off 22 balls in the end. <laughs> he was caught off Hazelwood in the last over of the day, another catch for Smith, but he'd, he'd smashed boundaries down the ground, slashed them over the slips, guided them through the cordon, ended up hitting uh, seven boundaries in his 32 so 28 of his 32 coming in hits to the fence um and and he got Mitchell Stark pretty annoyed as well who was mouthing off at him in the second last (laughs) over before stumps yeah he's one of those guys there's no point mouthing off at Alzari Joseph he in his best days you get absolutely nothing from him in terms of words um I mean I've been bumping into him for the last six seven years uh and I I mean if you're listening to this you 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 can't make out but you have to watch the YouTube video when I saw him for the first time at the Carondor till all I got was a like a raise of the eyebrows not even he didn't he he didn't even (laughs) flick no other part of his body moved he just like raised two eyebrows that was him saying hello how are you doing so uh good to see you after your whole 12 12 months or so (laughs) so that's Alzari Joseph so uh, Mitchell Stark was just wasting his breath there but you could you could tell how frustrated the Australians were. It was a hot day. It was a steamy day. Just, uh, uh, you know, I drove here with Crash Craddock and he's parked the car really far away as, because you couldn't find parking, poor Crash. But uh, you could feel the heat on you. And it was a kind of day, uh, I think uh, the Australian fast bowlers would have wished that Pat Cummins wins the toss in elects mm-hmm. to bat. He did lose the toss, uh, as it turned out. Because it was that kind of day. So you could see that uh, even in mm-hmm. Pat Cummins in his last spell, you could see the effect of the heat and the humidity on him. Um, yep. and, and it's one of the rare occasions this summer where Australia, the Australian fast bowlers have had to come and bowl late in the day on a day like today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Kevin Sinclair you spoke about. I think, if anything, is maybe my... I, I know uh, Shamar Joseph became the story of Adelaide, but Kev- the Kevin Sinclair story is even more close to my heart and since it's my favorite story of the tour uh, it, from where he comes. And, you know, he walks, as soon as he walked out to bat at night, I was like, hey, this is what his grandpa Carlton had prepared him for because uh, I, I, if you've read my story, you'll know that it, when Carlton, Grandpa Carlton, as he's called, used to train young Kevin uh, in his backyard, they had this big mango tree which they would bend in a way where and tie it to the other end of the of the backyard and then put lights on it so that Kevin Sinclair could be batting till 2 a.m. So batting at night is something mm. Kevin Sinclair is used to. And and just seeing him <laughs> play that straight drive of, uh, of Stark, wasn't it? And just like hold the post and mm. run at the bowler. Uh, you could see how much he was enjoying himself. But so were Hodge and uh, so was Joshua mm. De Silva. But yeah, Alzari Joseph, I think that little partnership, what, 42 or whatever, yep. just took it from uh, uh, being... Uh, uh, an annoying day for Australia from where mm. they were uh, after the after the lunch break to making it really frustrating and uh, giving West Indies well a chance of uh, you know getting as close to 300 320 as possible and I from where I'm sad I can see Joshua da Silva leave the ground with Usman Khawaja and Pat Cummins and uh, they seem very impressed with what he did I can only see the, their backs as they walk away but he seems to be explaining yep. to them how he built that wonderful innings up. <laughs> I loved the um the the Kevin Hodge the the cover drive 
uh, where he just held the, the check drive where he just held the pose for a good three or four seconds <laughs> afterwards. And De Silva, much less demonstrative, much more sort of practical cover driver. He'd, he'd get forward and barely follow through, um, but was able to strike the ball away. So four for 68 for Mitchell Stark, two for 32, Josh Hazelwood. Cummins got a wicket, um, Lyon got a wicket, and, and Stark and a chance for a five for tomorrow um, with... A couple of wickets left to take. I think I said three earlier, but um, only two because they're eight down. Um, they'll be hoping West Indies to bat through as much of that first session in the hottest part of the day as possible, so they're not going to have to bowl in it, although it will be the bowlers batting. Uh-huh. It'll be uh, Kevin Sinclair with Kemar Roach and Shamar Joseph, who, who must have a superstitious attachment to number 11. He's, <laughs> Clearly, he's not, yeah. he's not been... He's not been moved up the order. Um, and also notable that, I mean, I know it's because they play so much pink ball cricket, but the Australian bowling attack tonight, the, the, the principal four are the four highest wicket takers in day-night test history and they're all <laughs> playing together in the one day-night test, which, which is something that stands out. Uh, okay, let's take ourselves to the final word, Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame, where we choose our most final word moments of the day is brought to you by Seabus Super uh, it is their 40th birthday this year the great superannuation company that's been looking after Australians for the uh, course of those four decades over 900,000 members wow. that they have um, in their stable and uh, they're all about investing back into the industries that they support the building and construction industry particularly so a lot of the members money that comes in yeah. gets invested in those industries and none of it gets siphoned off for shareholders or profit makers because it's it's owned and run by its members past performance not a reliable indicator of future performance cbussuper.com.au all i can say is 40 years ago when the west indies were dominating if only they had invested in cbus super they would be in a much exactly. better position as a test team now yep they might have invested in in a few different things that might have helped <laughs> um hall of fame today um just as a at uh, 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 somebody who likes clean arithmetic, I love the fact that the hundred partnership came up Barrett, when De Silva and Hodge were both on exactly fifty. Ah, nice, nice. That's very so good. So there were three extras in the partnership, but Hodge was on three when the partnership started. So those those cancelled uh, each other out. So um, with with so Hodge brings up his fifty, and in the next over De Silva brings up his fifty and raises the hundred partnership with his fiftieth run while Hodge is still on exactly fifty. So beautiful. That that all synced up. Um, anything catch your eye? Uh, a few things actually. Firstly, because Andrew McDonald tested for COVID, he was sat. Um, outside near the fence uh, with a little they had given him a little table and a couple of laptop mm-hmm. screens so he had the game going and uh, some, some stats on the other screen but because he was sat outside mm-hmm. and you can tally it up with the Australian Open uh, happening uh, in Melbourne it felt like there were times when Pat Cummins would look at Andrew McDonald and they would have a little discussion. Like it was like courtside coaching, which I think at some levels mm. is not allowed in the Australian Open or in tennis. But um, mm. I, you know, you rarely get to see that in cricket because the coach is always in the dressing room or in the dugout or away yeah. from from the screen or away from the scene. So I thought that caught my eye. Uh, Kawem Hodge, um, you know, he had a lot of issues with with cramp uh, firstly in I think in his left arm and then with his hamstring uh, and it just uh, struck me that uh, if anyone should have known how to deal with cramp it should be Kavim Hodge because he does have a bachelor's degree in uh, okay I might I might really fuck kinesiology this up. kinesiology which is the scientific study of human body movement so if, you know yep. who better than Kavim Hodge to know what was happening with the movement mm-hmm. of his human body um, and there was one more which uh, I have completely forgotten but I think those two, right. uh, those two really stood out for me. Of course, the Kevin Sinclair thing I did mention earlier, but that that was.
was going to be yeah. my other thing that he grew up playing night cricket and here he is putting on a show and he looked pretty good <laughs> he looked like he belongs in test cricket so i'm really looking forward mm-hmm. to see him or uh, hopefully add some more runs tomorrow morning and then have an impact with the ball um, I also wanted to mention a, a listener suggestion that came through um, Justin Langer at one point talking up how great the West Indies used to be, except he called them Western Australia. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just, just can't. Just, some, some things just will, will never be moved on from. Um, and the other one, and this was an amazing one, this, this really tickled me, um, is that when, when it was 29 minutes past having taken the extra half hour, mm. they were bowling the 89th over. And I was like, hang on a minute, they're actually going that to bowl is correct, overs yeah. in the day here. And they did, Hazelwood starts bowling the 90th over of the day. But then with the fourth ball, he gets the edge to slip. The over's called off. <laughs> and they didn't actually bowl a full 90 yeah, over. So for they. once, this Australian test team was going to get through 90 overs in a fucking day. Um, and then it didn't happen. They'll have to bowl two balls of the 90th over tomorrow afternoon. <laughs> oh, no, you're right. I mean, the over rate uh, started off pretty good. But then the second session when it was really hot, you could see they kind of... Mm fell off but I thought they did well uh, with Nathan Lyon and Travis Head bowling just before the second new ball and they nearly caught up they were about to finish mm. on time yeah I, I saw the <laughs> clock as well at 924 uh, the 89th over was about to come to an end so well done Australia uh, even though mm-hmm. uh, oh you would like this comparison I made on radio though I said over rates are like uh, jaywalking you know they exist but nobody like you know there's no penalties or at least no no, uh, no penalty that matters or that counts anyway so now that i've said it well you you wait you wait until you go and walk around sydney sometime that's when they when they take the the rookie cops out that's how they ah. sort of blood them is they they make them go out and hand out jaywalking tickets oh, wow, because they know okay. that people will arc up and get angry and then uh, <laughs> you know that's that's how you 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 get used to people yelling at you on on your first day is by being absolute annoying pricks and um, <laughs> riling people up for no particular reason i've seen it done many a time okay um, haven't, okay haven't really seen it in other cities but it's definitely a new south wales police oh there thing, you so. go yeah yeah shout out to um to New South Wales police, always, <laughs> always setting the standard. Um, yeah, Roger Rogerson uh, left this planet a few days ago. If you know who he is, you'll know what I'm talking about. Anyway, that's enough. That's enough. That is the final word daily. Uh, Australia West Indies, day one at the Gabba. We'll be back for day two. See us, super.com.au if you want to sort out your super. And if you like what we're doing, patron.com slash the final word is where you can find out more about us. Barrett Sunderace and Jeff Lemon. See you tomorrow. I ain't protected by the way I ain't fenced in. If my future questions, my current senses, that'll be the same we've been doing for centuries. Sorry if I ran out to empty, wrote this so you know what I meant here. I had to go about it, but